I'm Jason Notoris, joined by Nils today, and you just heard from a few of the committee members, speakers, and participants from SPE's virtual international oil field scale conference and exhibition wrapping up today. It's been a pretty exciting event, so we're going to discuss some of the big takeaways from that, uh, but also a lot to bring you, right, Nils? Absolutely, yeah. Coming up in the show, uh, shortly we'll be hearing from Mark Rubin, the CEO of SPE and SPE's new ventures into virtual events. Okay. Uh, also, we have Phil Chandler, the event director for SPE for the Oilfield Scale Conference, so he can give us his view about how well the conference has been uh, so far. And also special guests in the program, we have uh, Dr. Carrie Ramstar from Equinor and Professor Eric Mackay from Harriet Watts. Uh, both have been deeply involved in the conference. And one of the bigger roles that, that we've seen throughout all this is just SPE adapting to its verse, first virtual event. Nils, you were able to participate, uh, take a few walkthroughs through this. What was your one big takeaway of what occurred this week? I think just the the high caliber of the event. I mean, it's just been really, really good content, uh, really engage, really high engagement with the audience throughout the three days, you know, very, very steady fantastic discussions uh, at the end of the presentations, very high quality presentations. So all around a really, really enjoyable uh, experience for both presenters and participants. So yeah, very high caliber, very impressed. All right, time to bring in our first guest as well, CEO of the Society of Petroleum Engineers, Mark Rubin joining us now live. Mark, welcome. Thank you very much. So, um, Nils, did you have a question or did you, you want me to just start? Uh, well, actually, I was just going to ask <laughs> you, Mark, first of all, welcome to the show. Um, big step for SPE, you know, first international virtual events. So tell us a bit more about SPE's progress into the virtual space. Sure. Uh, thank you very much. Um, so as as mentioned, I'm, I'm Mark Rubin. I'm the CEO of SPE. And my role in SPE is to manage the staff organization. We have about 270 staff in seven offices around the world. And a lot of those staff are involved in organizing events. In the past, it's you know been really all in-person events, and now our new venture into virtual events. Um, and I'm really very happy to see us complete the first virtual SPE technical conference, the International Oilfield Scale Conference. Um, and this is the first of what I believe is going to be um, a long-term program of, of many virtual events. It's kind of the beginning of a new area. We work kind of dragged into this because of the pandemic um, as far as doing more of these than we anticipated. Um, but uh, these events support the mission of SPE. Our mission is to support our members by sharing technology. And this is the means that, that we have given the pandemic. And so we're going to take advantage of it. Um, you know, one of the things I liked about the format is that it makes it very easy for people to participate. Uh, we were able to get more uh, registrants for this event than if we had had the event in person because people don't have to travel um, and people can participate from all over the world fairly easily because even if you can't be there for the, the live presentation, uh, you can watch the on-demand presentation. And so I've, I've been following this the last three days and I thought everything went really well and I'm really proud of of the work that everybody did to uh, to make this happen. Uh, in, and so this is the first, we've got more coming in July and then more in August and September and, and on after that. Um, we've got 
three virtual events coming up in July. One is ERTEC, uh, the Unconventional Resources Technology Conference. And that's one that we do in partnership with AAPG and SEG. And then also in late July, we've got LACPEC, the uh, Latin American Petroleum Engineering Conference and the International HSE Conference coming up. And so we're making good progress on organizing those. Um, and, you know, the thing about it is someday the in-person conferences and workshops are going to come back. Um, but one thing that's clear to me is that these virtual events are going to be a permanent part of SBE's program going forward. It um, allows us to do a few things. It allows us to, to meet a niche for people who really don't have the time or, or the funds to travel um, all over the world to attend an event. It also is going to allow us to organize some of our events with, in a hybrid form with a, an in-person and a virtual component. So um, I, I really do want to thank the uh, program committee for pivoting with us and converting this event to a virtual event. I also want to thank all the staff who worked hard uh, in a relatively short time frame to organize the event very successfully. Um, and I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to be in this program and, and talk about it. And as was, I think Jason mentioned earlier, if you have feedback, give us your feedback. You can give us feedback through the live chat or you can email us or however you want to contact us. But we really do welcome your feedback and thank you all the participants and for everybody who's listening today. Oh, thank you, Mike. That's a really great summary of, of the, this big step for, uh, for SPE and how SPE is beginning to embrace this new digital virtual reality. Now I'm going to introduce our next guest uh, onto the show, uh, Dr. Kari Ramstad. Uh, she is uh, Equinor and she was the um, uh, keynote speaker on the first day of the conference. Welcome, Kari. Welcome back to the show. Good to see you. Firstly, a big thank you to Equinor for sponsoring the event, a true testament for encouraging, you know, uh, knowledge sharing and innovation within oil and gas. So thank you very much. Uh, I think a very successful conference uh, for such a niche topic such as oil field scale, um, but yet very important in terms of uh, flow assurance, oil and gas production, well integrity. What's your take been on this three, these last three days? I think it was a very good idea uh, from SPE to arrange this conference in a virtual uh, uh, version because the papers had already been written and this conference uh, runs every second year and I think everyone was very eager to meet up and to discuss and to to engage in, in technical discussions and also uh, seeing what the progress of different uh, projects and research uh, projects had been uh, going. So I think it was very good that you managed to do this. And we saw through the technical presentations and the discussions that there were both case histories, there were new lab techniques for monitoring and for testing chemicals. There were also prediction uh, studies going on. And uh, great variety of content in the conference and great discussions. And since many of the delegates know the, each other in person, it's been a quite informal and nice atmosphere in the virtual uh, um, version of the conference as well. So thank you, SP. 
Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, Kari. That was a great take. Thank you. Um, so just for the benefit of the audience, can you just give us a short summary of your keynote? What were you presenting on, on day one? I was uh, presenting a work that has been going on for several years, actually, where we have collected field experiences on calcium carbonate scaling. And we have been trying to uh, correlate this with the thermodynamic calculations to see what will the risk of scaling be in a particular case and what measures should we take, what scale management strategy should be chosen. So what we've seen is that there is a, a, an important temperature dependence on the scale risk and that goes for the uh, field development, uh, drilling of new wells and how to plan for scale management. So that was the main content of my keynote. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kari. So you mentioned just a moment ago, you know, that you've, there was a lot of new information being uh, presented at the conference. For you, uh, given uh, the, the material that you presented on, on Equinor strategy, what, what new things will you take back to Equinor now and apply to your own uh, research and, and operational development? Well, we are going into new areas. We are we have been mostly in the Norwegian continental shelf, but we are also going inter, uh, internationally. So some of these more exotic scales and how to manage that and carbonate reservoirs and so on, that's important for us to learn about. And also new lab techniques for monitoring produced water compositions and also modeling uh, scale squeeze treatments, placement, and so on. So the, there's a lot of takeaways that we will discuss internally after the conference. That's good to hear. So thank you. I mean, that's obviously sort of a reassurance that, you know, these kind of events, you know, have a return on investment as it were in terms of what you give, you also can take back a lot. So, um, Absolutely. yeah. Uh, you mentioned also about the sort of um, this new virtual world that was the conference. Um, can you say a little bit about um, your experience in terms of the, the discussion that was um, facilitated and, and uh, between the presenters and, and the audience during the conference? Yes, I, I think the, the most useful discussions were straight after the presentation where we had the chat going and we had direct uh, questions and answers to and from the presenter and um, yeah almost between the delegates as well. In the, uh, in the networking lounge, it was a bit more difficult to connect one-to-one uh, -one person. So that could be something to look into more functionality on that. And then there were the exhibition booths, which worked uh, well. And we can also see the statistics afterwards, uh, how many people actually visited the booth and what were their main interest while they were at the booth. So the, the platform, one gets more and more familiar to the platform over the days. So I think I, I learned a lot about uh, how to manage or how to navigate between the different platforms as well. But it, it was really a nice uh, and impressive setup. Oh, thank you. So you would do it again then? Yes, definitely. Okay, that's good to hear. So um, we, we asked the audience a trivia question at the beginning. Um, so how to remove oil field scale? What are, what are your opinions on that? My opinion? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, it depends on the on the type of scale. If you have carbonate scale or sulfide scale, that may be dissolved by acid. And carbonate scale is quite easy to dissolve in acid and to remove. Sulfide scale is a bit more hazardous because that uh, during that operation you release H2S, which is a very poisonous gas. On the other hand, if you have sulfate scaling, which is hard as rock and low radioactive as well, and very low soluble in chemicals, then you have to actually mechanically remove it or by, by pulse waving also you can brittle the scale and then remove it. But that's very difficult and very costly. So uh, sulfate scaling, we try to prevent and not having to remove. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a big cost otherwise, you know, as you say, and a big risk also to the well integrity itself. Um, okay, should we uh, perhaps, uh, do we have uh, our second guest in the I studio? I do see Eric. Let's bring him in. So Eric, um, you know, Oilfield Scale, traditionally a very niche conference, uh, but an important meeting place between industry and academia. From your perspective, Harriet Watt, how's this conference been? Has it been as successful, more successful? Um, yeah, it's been a very interesting week for us. So we had a, a, a training course on Monday and Tuesday, um, and we had a good, very good attendance at that at that training course. I think we had over twenty five people attending it, and we were a bit, a little bit apprehensive going into it. Um, we changed our format a little bit, so we just online. It's a bit different, and so you have to go for kind of forty minutes, forty five minutes, and then take a break. Um, in the classroom, when you're adding energy by your physical presence. Um, you can perhaps, and you're getting the feedback from direct feedback from the audience. You can see what whether they're falling asleep or not. You can probably go for a bit, a, a bit longer. But actually, the, the course, the the Q and A's uh, at the end of each hour or so went very well. Um, for the conference itself, um, I've kind of noted down some positives and some some negatives. Um, the negatives, I guess, were because this is all new to us, and as Carrie kind of indicated, even over the space of three days, as attendees we've adjusted and uh, uh, got used to it and realized what works well, what doesn't doesn't work so well. So um, just becoming familiar with it and, you know, small technical glitches, um, got to use this browser and not that browser and all that kind of stuff. We'll all get used to uh, uh, over time. Um, I kind of missed a little bit the live questions. I'll come back to that in a, in a, in a second. So the, sort of the, the Q&A tended to be read over from, from chat um rather than people speaking speaking live and i kind of missed that a little bit and carrie also mentioned that the the networking so the, the the lounge is something that we need to work on to make make more value of that i think part of it is because at the end of the presentations we go off and make ourselves a coffee or something like that and uh, on site we'd be having that coffee with someone else but uh, uh, you know so we're going into sharing a a, a, a coffee break Whereas when you're sitting in your house at home or in your office, or whatever, then you're having that coffee on your own. The positives, um, as a, a huge positive, which is how quickly everyone adapted to this uh, this, this situation. I, I found that quite remarkable, both the audience, but especially the SP. So to be able to get something like this up and running and online, um, okay, so there were some technical glitches, but um, actually those were those were overcome pretty quickly. And the experience, I think, for everyone was was good. So the the, the speed of adapting, I thought, was fantastic. Um, the quality of the presentation, that's a really interesting one. So the, the presentations were pre-recorded and run 
and then the uh, authors were present for a live Q and A session afterwards. That's quite interesting because um, I would actually say the quality of the presentations were better than live, because um, if you're giving a presentation, if you then review that presentation yourself, there's a video of it, and you review it, you realise there are little things that you want to change before you you, you have the final version. Which if you're doing live, you might you might you, you're, not, you're not so self-aware. Um, and so I would say that these presentations make are really well done. Actually, I think they work better than 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 than, uh, than when we're there live in person, um, and they're a tremendous resource. So I've got an interesting question buzzing around at the back of my head as to, I suppose, the copyright with these uh, presentations lies with the authors. These are fantastic resource. Maybe the SPE should be thinking about what to do with these recorded presentations. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we could have go onto One Petro and download a paper? and download a 15 or 20 minute presentation that goes alongside that uh, 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 um, uh, paper. Um, so that's just a, just, just a little thought there. And then I actually thought that, so the bit about the Q&A that worked for me particularly well was that as people were think, listening to the presentation, if a question cropped up in their mind, they would just write it down in the chat section. So they didn't have to remember it to the, to, to the end. And there wasn't this kind of, okay, who's going to ask the question next? The question came to your mind, boom, down it, down it, down it goes. And so the, the session chairs would have a list of questions by the end. And in fact, because the authors were listening to their own presentations, they were also able to look at the questions as they were coming in and uh, so prepare their answers. And so the answers were, 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 were quite good quality and, and succinct and so on. So I thought that aspect worked, uh, worked very well. Oh, thank you, Eric. That you know, fabulous feedback, and and yeah, absolutely share many of those sentiments and comments um, noted on the presentations in One Petro. Uh, I think SPE can come back to that. Uh, I don't want to make a promise uh, right here, but uh, certainly a very very well noted. Um, so, for you know, a lot of really good information presented at the conference. Uh, are you going to take back to Harriet Watts some sort of new information, some sort of aha moments to say, yeah, you know, we're going to put this into our joint industry project. We're going to sort of uh, make some changes. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, we're listening very carefully when people at Carry stand up and make their presentations about, about uh, what's happening in the field. So that's uh, th those are always invaluable for us um, because the research has to be tuned towards what's happening in the in the in, in the field, and so uh, those those types of presentations are really important for us. Um, there are other ones. So something I I particularly noticed this time around was um, in terms of scale deposition. Quite a lot of good work being done on that. So thermodynamics is is fairly well established. We've got a fairly good handle on how to make scale predictions and so on. But knowing how much will deposit, how fast it deposits, um, is 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 a, is a bigger challenge. Um, and so there are a number of presentations, uh, ones from Rice and uh, other universities, bringing in the importance of, of the hydrodynamics of, of how the flow, how the fluids are interacting with the surface, how they're coming into contact with the surface, and so on. Um, and those are those are were were, were very useful. Um, lots on um, optimizing of of scale inhibitor squeeze treatments, uh, which was uh, uh, some really good um, presentations. I, I like the one that was on on, on field application of thermal fluorescence as, a, as an analysis yeah. technique. And that's, something that, 
yeah. something that we want to investigate further at, at, at the university as well. It's nice to see that uh, um, that presentation showing it actually being used in the field and, and the quality of the results from that. That was encouraging. Yeah, I, I like that presentation too. We bringing in that tracer type technology. Mm. So on that note, uh, to, to Carrie and yourself, looking ahead, so you know, 2022, maybe even 2021, you know, a repeat of Oilfield Scale Conference, a bigger, more international audience possible through a virtual space like this. Um, you know, given what you've experienced the last three days, what would you look forward to for the next event? Uh, Kari, you first. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's important to meet uh, in person also, not just to go uh, uh, online so to speak and uh, this conference as I said uh, appears every second year and that is also to get uh, the uh, the number of papers that are needed for the conference to be a full program that gives new stuff and not uh, one uh, conference being too close to the next conference. So that's something that we have been discussing and maybe have a workshop every second year in between. But uh, of course, virtual is, is also a good uh, good alternative. And when, when we do not have to travel, it's more easy to attend also. So maybe one can alternate between the two, uh, two scenarios. Yeah, that's a very thoughtful comment, actually. Yeah, maybe <clears throat> having some sort of hybrid or, or alternating or, or um, even virtual workshops in between. Eric, your thoughts? What, what do you think looking ahead? Yes, Carrie made a comment earlier that there was quite a relaxed and formal kind of chatty conversation going on between people. That happened because uh, the community is, as you said, a niche community, and we know each other. Um, and so we know each other from these physical meetings. And so that made the virtual meeting uh, much flow much better, uh, I think. And then people who are new perhaps can 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 then feel more relaxed when they're when they're when they're joining in. So I'm completely with Carrie on the concept of keeping the the, the main the larger conference to every second year, um, and ensuring that you've got higher quality of, of, of papers uh, by 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 doing that. Um, but then having a workshop, and I would very much uh, uh, favour having. Uh, an in-person workshop uh, where you can just sit around and, and chat and, you know, go out and have your coffee together with other people and have informal chats on the side. And that will that will build up the the, 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 the network uh, uh, so that when we have these virtual meetings, people already know each other and, and, and can quickly, you know, relate to each other and can quickly move into into the technical discussions and so on. A uh, very interesting perspective. So much for SPE to 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 digest. So thank you. And um, you know, just on behalf of SPE and, and the SPE membership, thank you to both of you for you know being part of the organizer committee and helping develop such a really interesting and and uh, engaging conference. Now I'm going to pass back to to Jason uh, for some final comments over here. Yeah, thank you so much, Nils. Um, we'll actually have a couple members of SPE's executive team coming on to, um, I guess, give their reaction to the event as well, maybe to the reaction of uh, what both Kari and Eric were saying. Thank you to both of them so much for coming on to SPE Live. And thank you to the event sponsors and exhibitors as well, because that really helped the virtual event go forward, as well as the SPE Foundation who not only supports SPE Live, but also supports SPE's virtual events. Because 
this is an avenue that SPE is exploring and will be part of SPE's future. So whether or not you were able to attend Oilfield Scale, there may be a event coming up that you have interest in that may be virtual that SPE is putting on. All right, let's go ahead and bring in a few members of the SPE staff now as well. Um, we have Mark Rubin, our CEO, and Phil Chandler, Director of Events in Europe and Caspian Region. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Indeed. I was going to say, can you just provide us the initial reaction from this event? Okay. Um, look, I, I'm really very happy with the way the event turned out. Uh, it, uh, you know, the, the platform was uh, relatively easy to use. Um, I thought the, the press, I, I didn't watch every presentation, but I watched several and I thought they were excellent. The technology works for this. I'm absolutely delighted um, with how the, um, the scale conference went over the last three days. Um, delighted and somewhat relieved because this is brand new for SPE. You know, we haven't done an event like this before, you know, with a uh, integrated training course, content, networking, exhibition. Um, it's been a, a, a huge success, but SPE is one of these organizations that it doesn't um, it, it, it's a collaborative approach between um, the society and its members. Um, and although I have an extremely good events team in London um, who have worked very hard to pull this together, we wouldn't be able to do this without the volunteers and the people who are committed on the committee. Uh, and I'd like to say thank you very much indeed, obviously, to Miles Jordan, who's the chair of the committee, um, to the whole committee themselves, people like Eric, who not only sat on the committee, but um, also was there doing the training. Uh, and then it's all about the content. So speakers like Kari, um, who give up their time as well, yeah, it's just not a little bit of time, it's three days. Um, and, and this is the differentiation between what we do uh, and what other virtual events do in the marketplace. Um, uh, so the devaluation of content by all the free elements um, uh, on the internet at the moment um, doesn't work for us. So, um, and it doesn't actually apply to us. People are, are, are very happy to attend quality content over a number of days. Uh, and our success is shown by the fact that, you know, our attendance on the events um, has grown by 100%. Um, we had 28 different countries actually dialing in um, and partaking um, uh, within the conference's delegates. Um, uh, every single continent in the world, uh, including Australia, uh, at the beginning of the of, of, of the day when we started at 12 o'clock. Uh, and we were able to actually uh, en enable these um, and bring these people together for not just one hour or two hours at a stretch, but five maybe six hours a day um, and we didn't lose the engagement at all you know i, I think the the um, participants kari and um uh, and eric have got uh, some very good learnings that we need to take away and adapt for moving forward um the engagement on the chat rooms with regards to the questions the q a's were fantastic um, the engagement in the training um was also very good as well and the engagement in the networking room on day one was also very high um, but yeah, we can always do better. Um, so um, onwards uh, and upwards to the to the next uh, event. But again, thank you for the industry who actually do volunteer and provide the content, um, provide also the support during the um, during the event, um, and we treat them as part of a the team. They are um, actually um, priceless to the success of SPE. Phil, you've actually mentioned all the different nations that were involved there. Let's just remove COVID from the equation and just consider the virtual event platform as it is. 
Can you describe how this is a way that people who may never have been able to travel to where an in-person event would be are able to participate, share learnings? This, this takes the technology and what other people have put into practice in case studies into regions that otherwise may not have had access to this previously. No, absolutely. So it breaks down the barriers of cost. I think more than anything, because you know everybody will understand that uh, throughout the um, throughout the global throughout the globe there are areas that are obviously um, uh, enabled more with regards to uh, access to money. Um, so when you look at actually the um, uh, the breakdown of the countries um, actually participating, um, we had people from Peru. Um, Brazil. So the actual cost of them to come all the way to Aberdeen to enjoy and, and engage with the professionals uh, of uh, you know their own peer group um, is probably just not on uh, on for that sort of thing. So this breaks down the barriers of that. Also, it adds a a, a greater um, part to the enjoyment for everyone as well. There are new people coming in with new ideas, different ways of doing things. They can bring their own learnings and personal um, experience as well. Um, and, and this actually um, is a great sort of warm heart feeling for us because this is our mission. Our mission is actually to disseminate um, knowledge and career development and technology uh, across the whole world. So it breaks down every single barrier. Um, I get the in-person thing um, sometimes, you just cannot do that. But we begin the relationship between new people and they can then carry this on after the event and they will meet up one day somewhere, all right, and continue that relationship face-to-face. Oh, thanks, Phil. So, yeah, lots of positive remarks in the audience chat, uh, particularly Caroline, Carolina Little, sorry, and Juliana Lesser saying how good the content was and how important it is or the additional achievement of reaching a new audience through the virtual platforms. So, um, Phil, a short question to you. Um, Mark mentioned earlier some of the upcoming big virtual events. What other virtual events do you have in your schedule uh, looking ahead? Um, I've got another four um, for uh, between now and Christmas, um, and they they are very they are various. So the um, I'll start with uh, one in, in London. So the London Upstream uh, and Finance Conference uh, will be virtual. That's a, a one day high level um, investment orientated. Um, uh, event where really we, we put together four panels over the one day to discuss the various issues about investment in the oil and gas industry. Um, so that's happening um, later on, I think, in November. Uh, then we have the slightly delayed um, uh, subsurface conference uh, in Bergen. That was, happen uh, was meant to happen in May, um, and that now will happen um, uh, um, later on in in, uh, in probably the fourth, the fourth queue, we had re, um, uh, um, re, uh, moved it to a, se a September timeframe as well, hoping that obviously COVID would have um, sorted itself out by then. But unfortunately, um, we can't run it uh, in person this year. So we'll convert to that to a virtual one. Um, we have a small workshop as well, which will go virtual um, in November. Uh, and then we have the Caspian Technical Annual Conference in um, uh, Sultan, uh, and that's going to be quite a big, uh, a, a big event to take virtual because that is a triple stream, two-day, seven-panel, bilingual conference, 
Um, so that will be a challenge, um, which we're looking forward to. Um, everything we can do, the only thing now that we need to uh, perhaps practice between now and then is a simultaneous translation and how we, um, we cope with the dual language. Challenge well met, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, Phil and Mark, thank you both so much for joining us and providing the transparency and, and, and sharing with the audience what all is going on. Mark, I'd like to go over to you now and just any, any final thoughts or added comments that you would like to give us. Sure. Um, you know, SPE exists solely for the benefit of our members uh, and to help them in sharing technology. Um, we've unfortunately not been able to have the, the in-person events lately. Um, and but virtual creates a great opportunity to fulfill our mission and do what our members need us to do. Um, I am personally looking forward to the time when we'll be able to have in-person events again. But but even when that happens, um, it's pretty clear that these virtual events are going to be a, a permanent, important part of our portfolio of helping our members. So with that, I do I do want to express again my thanks to. Uh, the members on the program uh, and other committees that help put this together. Um, without the members getting engaged and developing the content, none of these events would happen. So, so thank you to, to them very much. Yeah, I almost feel like I could start a, an Oscar speech with the list of thank yous <laughs> that need to yeah. go out. Um, yep. Thank you both again, Phil and Mark, for joining us earlier, for Kari and Eric, for everyone's involvement with this event, for supporting SPE Live. I've had a blast this week, Nils. Absolutely. It's been a fantastic week. A big thank you to all our guests that have been on this week. Hakari, Eric, uh, Miles, uh, Amy, everybody. Thank you. Uh, thank you to my dogs for being quiet during this program. So, <laughs> it's been a great week. <laughs> and we'll be back next week with even more content. So all right. until then. Looking forward to it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, audience. Bye for now. Hey, great weekend. Take care.